0: Hi, patrons! Did you forget about me yet? I hope not. These bonus things are my ploy to keep you satisfied until the new season starts. I wanted to share another interview with you from the last episode. It's the conversation I had with Amanda and Julia from Spirits Podcast, and it was really fun and I couldn't fit everything into the episode, so I just wanted to drop the whole thing for you here. So enjoy! And subscribe to their podcast. You can also support them on Patreon if you want. Also, if there's anybody who I've interviewed for the show that you'd really like to hear the full conversation with, just let me know. I can totally make that happen. New episodes of Flash Forward will start on November 1st. Okay, here's my conversation with Amanda and Julia. Hey, Rose. Hello. Oh, I guess I could take the sticker off my camera. That would probably help.
1: That before I called you, like I remembered.
0: Yeah, I always forget. Often I'll just be like, "Oh no, my camera's broken. I can't, I can't do the video."
1: <laughs> I saw it, my Snowden tape. I'm like, fair
0: enough. Yeah, listen, it's. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, can you see me yet? No, you can't. How about now? Floating. Um, but yeah, let's start with just like actually the first thing to do is have you two introduce yourselves. <laughs> um, sure. let's start with that.
1: You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, we can kind of replicate the intro we did the other day. Okay. Uh, my name is Julie Shafini. I'm Amanda McLaughlin. Uh, we are from Spirits Podcast. A drunken dive into myths and legends. We are best friends since childhood. Julia is super into history, mythology, the occult, uh, weird science and yes, yeah. religious studies. And I am really into English literature, um, especially about women and kind of marginalized communities and uh so together we're super interested in witches and space. Yes.
0: That's like perfect. Uh I'm so excited. Um it's funny I was just thinking the other day I was li- I listened to I'm really behind on like every podcast ever. It's okay. <laughs> um but I was listening to the one about Gollum. Um, yeah. which I had never even heard of. Like, I'm not a myth. I don't know a lot about mythology. I know a lot yeah, of no, about like, I
1: didn't either. Yeah. That's the, obviously the through line of our podcast, but I also <laughs> didn't know that the golem was like a genre. Yeah. I was about to go, I did. Yeah, really, You're <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, it's like, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in like the basic Greek and Roman stuff where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Zeus, Hera, like she's jealous. I got, I got that part. But there was a part where he says that like the robot is a golem, like the way that like that. And I was just like, yeah, like what? Um, and I've been thinking about it all the time because I'm actually reading um, the book War War of the War with the Newts, the War with the Newts, which is written by the guy who coined the term robot. He wrote yes. the play. Um, right. Anyway, so I've been thinking about that a lot. Um,
1: yeah, yeah I, so- I forget all the time that like human beings create their own vision of the future. Like it doesn't come from, you know, some like secular source, like what, what futurism looks like. It's, it's interpreted by humans and their existing traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, so me, yeah, like that, the coolest thing is seeing echoes of the past in our vision of the future.
0: Totally, totally, yeah, and that's something that I end up writing about a lot because I cover futurism a lot, and like often I'm kind of the one who's like, "This is an ahistorical version of what's going to happen because like you're forgetting a lot of things." Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to kind of be like, guys, 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 hey, I have questions about this. Uh, yeah, right, right. Like, not everyone's a white dude. Ah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So let's um let's dig into like what your like your interpretations of this word, like, I have some questions about, like, how you interpreted specific bits, but I want, like, can you give me kind of the overarching, like, what you guys read from this?
1: You want to start? Sure. (laughs) So much like historical witches who were sort of alienated women at the fringes of a community who were either too independent or had kind of weird things happen around them or had too much agency. Didn't fit the societal norms. Exactly. It feels here Like maybe a group of witches, women, whatever, people decided that they didn't like the way that Earth was going. And so they said, you know what, let's just gather up some biodiverse samples. Let's have our own society. Let's say, you know, thank you, Earth, for what you've done. And we're going to go and recreate the purity of Earth in a blank canvas that hasn't been tainted by the warfare and the nuclear proliferation and whatever that's happened to actual Earth. Sort of the tribe from uh, Mad Max Cherry Road, uh, the they with women their, satchel, with of their seeds. satchel of seeds, yeah. kind of going off into the wilderness in the hope of creating a new earth. Exactly. And then, so who is this single witch that is back? Um, and why did she come? Did she come because she's trying to be an emissary and kind of first contact and come back after 100 years or something and say, all right, it's obvious that, you know, you guys need some help. Here we are. How can I do this? Or is she coming to lure men to their colony and help to you know diversify their human population um who knows who knows
0: yeah um that's awesome uh I love the badass old lady bikers from Mad Max so good like the are so great yeah when they came on I was like yes I was already like into this movie but now I'm like so into this movie (laughs) like solidified it yeah yeah um so you like One question I've been asking people, and it's been split 50-50 so far, um, is the witch in the story, in your, like, vision of this or in your, like, mind, is it a human or an alien?
1: Oh, uh, we were going human, human, definitely. Okay. I think we're thinking near-ish future, where maybe they've terraformed Mars or maybe they have, like, a really big, you know, ISS, space station type Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but I'm I'm not thinking like different races yet. And I think it's because the knowledge of Earth is too exact for me to think. Uh, they both make cult- cultural references. They, their language is compatible. Um, they make kind of similar like literary references. So to me, it seems like you know distantly uh, related peers or something. Except when she keeps saying hello to the doctor. That's the only she part. <laughs> She's just like hello, hello. <laughs> Lots of times, I sort of saw her as like an overly. Um, uh, I sort of saw her as like a very formal politician or somebody with like social skills that are slightly incompatible to the social norm of the other person that she's talking to. Like an ambassador. Exactly. Yeah. And so especially with this removal of hands, I just kept thinking to myself, like, what? Like, are they cutting off her hands? Like, what does this actually mean? And then I realized maybe it's a metaphorical sort of laying on of hands, like a kind of a papal type, you know, healing ceremony where she's either greeting them or passing on goodwill or like trying to, you know... I don't know, pass along some kind of healing powers. Mm. Um, and so then the the priest removes the hands, as in, like, walks away with some essence of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The version that I, so when I first read this, I'm also, like, a pretty literal reader. So a lot of this, I was like, oh, yes, she, they're cutting her hands off, obviously. Right. Like, you know, it's like very, I'm, like, very much like that that kind of person who's reading things. And when people were like, maybe it's metaphorical, I was like, oh. Um, True. But, <laughs> but also, like,
1: five minutes ago, we were like, Maybe this is a religious allegory where, like, the, the world literally burning up. Mm-hmm. It's like a vision of revelation. The mm-hmm. witches have raptured themselves because they were tired of waiting for somebody to come around and, like, save them. And so now they're, like, you know, making contact again. Yeah, we were doing the reading that the pastor has towards the end uh, where he's like, well, we're just going to have to grin and bear it because this is our earth. And i right. just like, that's very like survive through the uh, revelation and we'll get to the other side and have heaven on earth. Yeah. Which is like, are cool. like um, this is not our boiling world. We don't have a vote here because no one gave us one. Like we're not going to compress and bear it. No, no. We're going to go to our cool planet where yeah. hopefully we have trees and stuff. Exactly. Look at our window from the, the black metal or whatever it is yeah. that they say.
0: <laughs> yeah. The version that I like thought of was like okay we've got this earth and climate change has like totally ravaged the planet and um so we're in this space where humans have either like forgotten that we could go to space or rejected the idea like as a frivolous or like a thing that would be um, selfish to do because like this planet is like on fire, perhaps literally. Um, yeah. And you in the line at the end where it
1: says, "Tell the Earth that there is a planet Mars that we have new hope." I was like, "Are there Mars truthers? Like, are there people who don't believe that either the planet exists or the colony exists or that anyone went there, uh, like long ago, right? Like moon truthers? Yeah. Moon truthers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's funny. I talked to um this friend of mine, Miriam, who's a space expert, and I asked her. I was like is it possible for, like, is there any place on Mars that they could have a base where we wouldn't see it, right? Like, (laughs) is there, like, a backside of the planet that we just don't see? And she was like, no, there's satellites, like, constantly going around Mars, and, like, we pretty much have, like, the whole planet mapped, and there's constant surveillance. But she was sort of saying, like, if we do decide to, like, stop doing that, then, yes, of course you could go, you know. And she was sort of saying, like, right now every launch is monitored by, like, both professional and like amateur astronomers like on the internet yeah. and stuff like that um and she was like no if something launched into space i personally would know about it <laughs> she, like <monitors laughs> that stuff. but she was like yeah if, if we're in this world where people have decided that like and this is a line of reasoning you hear today right where it's like why are we spending all this money going to space when like our planet and our people are like sick and dying and starving and climate change etc cetera, etc cetera. um and if you just sort of extrapolate that out kind of to his logical conclusion, maybe it's that we stop doing all this space stuff. And it's less that, like, we don't think we can go there and more that, like, we just don't think we should. And the witches are kind of saying, like, no, 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 no. Like, it's great. Like, it's great up there. We could all just go and, like, do a thing. And yeah. we my... talked about that, too.
1: Like, yeah. like canonically, would witches abandon the Earth, right? It's mm-hmm. like elements and earth and like spirit and you know imbibing the earth with power Mm -hmm. is so central to like pagan ideology for example like would that i asked julie like would that be something that they would even entertain and uh my response to that was if they believed that the earth as we know it were to be destroyed it would make sense in order to preserve that essence of nature by creating it somewhere else yeah and like that's always how witches that's always how witches have operated Mm -hmm. right is like society builds itself and they kind of bubble underneath like Mm -hmm. a spring coming up out of like pavement you know or they sort of have their back rooms they have their nighttime rituals they you know kind of can talk to each other in code in a way that doesn't incriminate anybody um and kind of continue what they think and know to be the truth or the right thing in spite of what people are doing around them
0: Mm -hmm. yeah one thing I wanted to ask you too is because to me and and I don't maybe this is wrong, but to me, the way that I've always thought about witches is a very like feminized thing, as mm-hmm. like a thing that women are. And in my like, when I was reading this, uh, I just imagined a wo- the witch was a woman, like, yeah, like, 100%. Um, but I'm curious, like, is that like, in the future, are witches still women? Or is, the, like, is, there, is it possible to separate the idea of like, sort of that feminine witchiness with like, what a witch is like, is that a separate bull? That's not a word like that. Can you like separate those two things? Um, I,
1: I, if, if it was my interpretation of the future and if the future was going like it is now, I don't think you're going to have a separation between the two because women are always, if, if things continue the way they are now, women are always going to be that outsider in society where, uh, the societal norm is not woman. And so therefore that's the outsider. That's the witch. That's the person who everyone looks to and says, that's not what we consider normal. Yeah. So, for as long as like history is, you know, written by men and the kind of like lens through which we view normal is, um, you know, Oh, I know it's my words today. Um, for as long as what is normal is male and, you know, there's male and the antonym of that is female and there's, you know, strong and the antonym is weak and there's, um, you know, outspoken and the antonym is shy. Mm-hmm. Um, like history is written by the winners. And I think that, you know, that will continue to happen unless there's some kind of, you know, crazy change on the same, at the same time, which is our, our people who are different and scary and don't conform. So if our version of society change adequately that maybe, you know, our standards differ or the things that we think are normal, our values differ, um, you know, then people who are errant, regardless of who those people are, or what they look like, um, you know, we would find some term to describe them. I actually thought about um, fairy myths and changeling myths. This is something that Julian and I really like to talk about. All um, we're trying to actually develop a podcast about changelings, um, which I think would be really fun. And in kind of classical changeling um, lore, like some historians have kind of asserted that maybe changelings who were, you know, the babies left behind when fairies came and stole a baby and left either a fairy baby behind or they sort of brought the child back and the child a was kind of, of wood. changed, right? Or it could be a block of wood, like there's lots of different <laughs> interpretations. Um, but some historians have pointed out that the qualities that changelings have, sometimes they're mute, sometimes they're sort of um, kind of stuck developmentally where like they, you know, don't develop at the same rate as uh, as, you know, what is construed to be normal children, um, or other times they're like unnaturally uh, gifted at music or beautiful. Um, maybe they were neurodiverse. Maybe they were, you know, babies with autism or babies with developmental disabilities, um, where you know human beings found a way to describe those children's differences, um, and that's kind of witchy, you know. So, um, so maybe. Maybe those would be the differences. And it's also really interesting that you bring up like femininity versus masculinity uh, when it comes to witches. Because if you look at astrology, which I was like, oh, we're talking about Mars. We should probably talk about astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, Mars is the representative of masculine like energy
0: um, warfare, and right?
1: warfare and like determination and confidence and like all those dumb things. Yeah. Um, the Roman version of the Greek, um, uh, God, was, Aries? Aries, Aries. Uh, so Mars is Aries, but the Roman version of that. Um, and it's really interesting because we were thinking about the witches, uh, with witches and with, uh, ritual words have a very big significance. So if we're taking something like earth, meaning the, this planet, ground, the yeah. well, Earth meaning this planet versus earth, meaning like the ground in which we live, And like get our sustenance from and all that. Uh, If that gets changed when the witches leave Earth and go to Mars, the meaning of Mars then changes kind of like when you have a tarot card and you're doing a tarot reading and the card is upside down when you do the thing, it reverses the meaning of the card. So the witches going to Mars reverses the meaning of Mars exactly in yeah. the reading that I kind of was, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and if Mars now is thought to be inhospitable and impenetrable, and you know a ball of pavement, like I think the pastor says at some point, um, you know that meaning is is made opposite if we terraform it, you mm-hmm. know, if we make it fertile, if we inject it with water, mm-hmm. if we make it grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting that you brought that up too. Because when I was talking to Miriam, who is our space expert, um, she was telling me that like it takes about nine months to get to Mars. Is it Miriam Nielsen, no. by the way. I lost you. Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think okay. About, we're, good. All right. we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're yeah. good. Um, so Miriam, this this woman who I talked to about the space stuff, she was saying that it takes about. Sorry, and is, that, is that Miriam Nielsen? No, Miriam Kramer.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. I have yeah, a yeah. dope friend called Mary Nielsen who also loves ge- uh, uh, geography. So I'm like, oh, it's
0: that name. Oh I mean. no, no, she she's um she's like the s- chief space journalist at Mashable. Um, cool. cool. Yeah, I know that's like a cool title. Um, that might not be her title. I might have just made that up. But she's the person who writes yeah. about space there. Um, sorry. <laughs> and she was saying that it takes nine months to go from here to Mars. Like. Oh, Numbers damn. are important to witches. And <laughs> also the uh, gestation period of the human body. That's fucking awesome. Oh, sorry. Using- I don't- it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she was also saying that, like, you, it's nine months if you line it up correctly you have to wait for the planets to be in the correct like alignment otherwise oh they like do, it takes like way longer and I was like what because that's like right in there like first of all like astrology right but she also talks about right. in here she's like talking about or like the doctor I think talks about how like she studies the astronomers like the old astronomers and stuff to make sure that <laughs> she can get to Mars and I was like yes
1: oh I love that that's so cool yes no we noticed that as well who wear black and study the great astronomers so like black was the color of scholars and monks, right? Like keepers Mm -hmm. of knowledge and kind of passers-on of like, you know, the best of humanity. Right. And so we imagined kind of witches thinking about what would be the right astrological uh, and, you know, astronomological and star like in alignment to get themselves out to Mars. They would have to think about when the planets were aligned, when the, you know, whatever, all of the fates were aligned Mm -hmm. to get them out there. Also something that we talk about, you know, as a kind of apocalyptic scenario is the reversing of Earth's magnetic poles. And so this idea of, you know, kind of reversing the planet on which humanity is based or reversing that tarot card, like, you know, kind of reversing what we think of Mars to be, um, that just really has resonance.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to dig into the hands thing a little bit more because the idea of like, like removing hands, whether that's like a literal cutting off mm-hmm. someone's hands or whether that's a more of like a figurative, like, we're taking some sort of power away from you that is important. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, because I feel like for witches, like hands are important anyway, like that's like a really oh. important thing. And I'm wondering yeah. if we can just like dig into that, like what the various ways of thinking about that, like taking hands off or removing hands or be handing, which is a word that this AI made yes. up <laughs> um, Yeah. that I was like, all right, fine, we'll keep it. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, like, what do you see there?
1: Um, I think we came up with two kind of alternatives to this. Do you want yeah. to start with uh, the scientific one? Sure. So the sort of first reading I had here was that maybe, you know, over a longer period of evolution, human beings, as we become more dependent on technology and devices, and our kind of um, the hand movements that are important become smaller and smaller as we use joysticks and buttons and touch screens. Maybe our hands kind of atrophy. Maybe they become, you know, kind of not useful to us. And as robotic technology improves, maybe it just becomes easier to kind of like replace our limbs with much stronger more precise, more resilient alternatives that are robotic. And so are the witches people who retain their natural hands and, it's illegal to have that. And so when they sort of catch them, like that's a punishment is to sort of reset the witch's body to like a societal norm, or maybe do they give up those robotic hands and kind of like make do otherwise? Um, I don't know. Are there nanobots that are inserted into everybody at birth to kind of, you know, prevent you from aging your body from breaking down and witches to sort of like join their tribe and prove their worthiness and, you know, do that kind of like strength proving exercise, have the nanobots removed so that they age, kind of resembling that idea we think of the hag and the, the old lady, the crone, yeah. old lady witch, um, and kind of communing with nature and using homeopathy and kind of natural medicines. Um, I don't know. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned kind of hands as a tool, because when you're looking at something like spell casting or ritualistic, you have to be able to draw certain symbols that are, you know, particularly difficult to do. If you look at something like Love Grossman's The Magicians, it's not wand magic, it's instead hand signals and that sort of thing. Uh, so there's all kinds of like, you know, laying on of hands as a healing mechanism, again, homeopathy, touch, kind of these naturalistic things that, um, you know, maybe more traditional science might not have embraced quite yet. But like, that's very important to, uh, to witches. And uh, somewhere in the passage, I'm forgetting, where they kind of talk about um, like laying down the bullets, a bullet yeah. in the hand. So then our other reading was more about disarming. So, you know, be handing, like unhanding a witch is sort of like, normally that sentence would come out as, you know, lay down your weapons or we want to disarm you. Um, And so if if witches are pacifists and they, you know, don't want to catch people with bullets in their hands, like the priest says, or the pastor says, um, you know, witches' hands are tools and they're weapons. So maybe the humans are really paranoid. And if she is an emissary from the space colony when she comes into earth in like the holding chamber or something, they want to, you know, um, make her clean and make her, you know, more safe. And so maybe they put her hands in like isolation gloves or Faraday cages or even more traditional handcuffs to kind of disequip her and to disarm her. We were also talking a little bit about how, um, it might just be sort of a translation thing and the doctor might be, you know, scraping her fingernails for a certain kind of, uh, earth, well, dirt in this situation. Yeah, or like pathogens are trying to sterilize her. Mm-hmm. Whereas she is like, no, no, like this is my skin. Like this is my power. This is what I bring to you. Like she's kind of trying to bring the best of her planet and her mm-hmm. colony back to earth. And they're saying, you know, this stuff isn't useful to us. Maybe the bow around her wrist is the bow of a tree. Maybe yes. it's fashioned like a daisy chain, you know, out of herbs or kind of powerful plants, mm-hmm. um, you know, that she kind of is bringing as like a gift and they're saying, you know, this worldview isn't even, like, compatible with what Earth is doing right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in the magicians, right, isn't it that, like, if you lose your hands, that's, like, the worst punishment, right? Because you can no longer <laughs> yes. do magic. Um, exactly.
1: Happens to though, one of their characters at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I forget which one. Um, and he just floats around with long sleeves
0: <laughs> covering his stubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. No, it's, what's interesting to me about this um is that like I don't I definitely have never had witches involved like in any of the scripts that I've written for the show just yeah. because like I don't I don't know. Like I just haven't had them. Um and it also touches on a lot of themes like Donna Haraway cyborgism that I like think about a lot mm-hmm. but don't call out in the show very often. So it's kinda of funny to read this and be like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> I guess we'll just do it. I guess we'll like talk about cyborgs and Donna Haraway and like all that stuff. Um but I guess um what was the other thing I wanted to ask you about? Oh, like the distinction between the pastor, the narrator and the doctor. Cause like a couple of people I talked to, like, I mean, because they all mm-hmm. kind of speak the same way because it's this like computer wrote it. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. There were some people who were like, one person was like, Oh, I think the narrator is like a ship log and like the, like it's like talking about the past and not what's happening now. And like all this stuff. So I'm curious, like how you saw those three characters kind of like what their different functions were.
1: I sort of pictured them as almost like if you picture an execution chamber with like the technician in the room called the doctor with the subject or the patient or the prisoner like in a chair or a bed or kind of being held there to be examined. And then an observer kind of behind the glass, like a police interrogation room or something. Um, Because it does feel at the end, the witch's final line, you know, we have to die, but we are not destroyed. Tell the earth that there is a planet Mars. We have new hope. It feels like she's performing some kind of like, public statement or last line and that her dialogue with the doctor is is like um, I don't know, like they're they're talking and they know they're being listened to and it's kind of coded in some way um, and the narrator is like having sort of, I don't know, a commentary like at first he sets the scene but then he says the doctor can now go in to see the witch like almost explaining like an entrance um, There's a small bow tied to her wrist, like stage directions almost for some kind of audience that's how I picture it. You can tell we do too much shake. In high school, because yeah, yeah, we um, did like Shakespeare and stage management and <laughs> management. But now that you bring up the execution uh, chamber idea, it makes me think the preacher is almost there for last rites mm-hmm. because that would make sense, and his um, words do sound like scripture. They do, so it would make a lot of sense that it's almost a repent or you know burn mm-hmm. in hell. But in this situation, they're going to burn either way. Yeah. And I thought of a politician, like he says, he has that sort of like parabolic structure of speech and it's, it's um, symmetrical, like, you know, ask not what you can do for your, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. What the birds do is good for birds, a present to birds, but we, we meet the end of the ground. Like it's almost as if he um, is trying to like lull his listeners into believing him. It's quite kind of antiquated. um, And it reminded me of a politician.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just looking over at my, at the script over here on this other screen, which is why I'm looking on this side. Um, oh yeah. Oh Oh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, um, and the witch at the end too, sounds as if she is trying to convince the doctor of something like that last paragraph she has, um, where she's sort of saying, we can go beyond like we can push past the planes and beyond the broadcast stations. I can take you away. We could have dinner on the ship miles and days away from this world. Um, It's like, she's like, you know, uh, making him, it's like, she's asking him to join her. Like she's kind of trying to woo him to like, eat the food in the fairy court, you know, or like eat the apple from the tree, like do the thing that he's not meant to do. And maybe it's a kind of 1984 scenario where the doctor even like entertaining this notion of space travel is like violating some kind of fundamental like tenant of society. Um, And it does feel as if she's kind of like sitting up and leaning forward and the lighting changes and the music swells and she's kind of giving him this pitch on her vision of the future. To be honest, it reminds me of uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in, oh God, what is that movie that I'm forgetting now? Oh no. I can't help like you. The there. one with the witches from like the early nineties. Like, no. Bewitched. Or hocus. Oh, no. Hocus focus, that's it. Where she's like on the broom and singing to the children, like come to my forest, I'll give you candy. Like that's basically what I see. Um and it goes back to the Sealy Court kind of concept is like if you eat this food, you're stuck here with me and mm-hmm. you're going to become a servant to the witches.
0: Yeah, I also like that it's like, I mean, goes back to that like seductive nature of witches, right? Where they're like kind of constantly trying to like lure you in and kind of like sweet talk you and um, eat the apple, right? And like all of that stuff, um, which I thought was, it's it's been, it's interesting because um, the woman who I had do the voice for the witch, it's like super creepy and I'm really into it. Oh, really? So yeah, she like, <laughs> she, well, I gave her, so what I was said, I was like, I want it to sound like a human, like very like, I don't want it to be like, you know, like I want it to be like kind of regular human speech, but like slightly off kilter, like something about it is like weird where like the cadence is slightly off or like something is just like you never quite know what's about to happen. And she she just sent me the files and I listened to them and I was like Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah you remind me great.
1: almost of like the angel crashing through the ceiling in the play angels in America where um like it has this concept of like the Metatron, the voice of God that like they need some kind of interpreter because the voice of God is too strong? You totally read my mind there. I was like, Metatron. Oh, gotcha. nice, nice. Right. See, yeah. we, uh, we got something, <laughs> some chemistry going on here. um <laughs> We should have a podcast.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Did you, should, you should think about it? Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is just like a slightly removed from this particular like weirdo script, but like about, um, I guess like myth making and and witches in spe- in in particular in the sense of like uh, witches are a really great and flexible identity on which we can project like our fears of stuff. Right. <laughs> and so like the things that we worry about, which is doing has changed slightly as we've been fr- afraid of different things. Um, and I mm-hmm. guess I'm curious, like future witches, like, what are they doing? Like, are they like luring children to porn on the internet? Like what are witches in the future doing?
1: Oh man, that's a really interesting question. Well, you ponder, cause you're going to have the best answer. Okay. I'll say that my first reading of the script had to do with um health And kind of if society has sort of sterilized and vaccinated and nanobotted itself into perfect sterility and someone comes along who rejects that and who lives more naturally and who does, you know, spend time in nature, they are like a carrier, like they are dangerous to society. And so I think that might be one thing is if you kind of reject the increasing like technology and kind of safety that human beings put in place for themselves and reliance on machines. Um, you know, going back to technology and homeopathy and kind of natural methods is going to be dangerous. Like we talk about, you know, eugenics and kind of genetic engineering of fetuses and like all these things um, like that continues to be like a specter. And so that's something that I can see which is doing. But they are really interesting in that they're both like representative of the past, like arcane things, pagan things that kind of we were meant to have let go of. Um, Whether it's like being naked, and that's like the things that the Puritans are really afraid of, or doing animal sacrifices, and we're like, no, no, we don't do that anymore. Um, But they also are kind of like a a sign of the future. And our reaction to them is, you know, are we going to reject that? Or are we going to embrace it? Like, is this the vision of a human that we want to be like? And sort of the opposite of what we think a, you know, quote, unquote, civilized, um, you know, or, or progressive human should be like that is what we define a witch as. Oh man, I, you had really good points there. I kind of just like lost all of no, my no, thought process on no. that. Um, but I think if I'm looking at sort of witches from the future, the witches are always going to represent, especially if we're using them as a scapegoat, sort of the corruption of our youth, mm-hmm. which I actually find really interesting kind of where we're at now, if we're looking at the so-called millennials and quotes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Witches would be the embodiment of what the younger generation is doing that the older generation doesn't like. Um, so look at something like, you know, the free love hippies during the 1960s and seventies, um, witches are going to be what corrupts our youth. So if we're looking at something in the future where we're trying to bring about earth, uh, oh man, I totally lost my train of thought there telling me there. Well, if I could jump in. Okay, go ahead. If society decides that we really do value privacy and that we really don't want our lives to be online and judge our future politicians by their Snapchats, as you have so convincingly said on Flash Forward, then maybe the witch is the person who ever shares. Or maybe it's the opposite. If we decide to just go full tilt, everything is going to be broadcast, our biometrics and our wearables are going to be fully networked. Maybe witches are people who don't participate and who aren't you know, logged and you're like, I can't see your sleep cycle. What, what do you mean? Who are you? Like, how am I supposed to know anything about you? I think I like that version better where the witch is the one that keeps secrets, um, which it fits with the history of witches, which the history always has to reflect the future. Uh, and in this situation, a witch would be the person who has secrets, who is doing those rituals in silence, who is, uh, who turns off the cameras in her house. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I like that. I also wonder in terms of, like, sort of, I think the train of thought that you were going on is, like, if we're in this world where we've decided that space travel and these kinds of technological things are selfish and, and like, not something we (laughs) want to do because the Earth is important, uh, maybe there are people who who are still, like, going to space or going, like, doing (laughs) things that they, like, that Uh is sort of evil and, like, people should not be, should not be, you know, lured into mars or to whatever's happening on that mars colony that might be like you know sexual and like sleazy um, right exactly like
1: what i'm sorry what was the line in the script we were talking about this for just before we called um but the pastor says at one point these middle space activities they push for a bombshell a view from a hole a window driven by computers it's like maybe humanity has given up all of these things or there's some kind of like disaster or a threat from space or maybe we make contact with the species that we realize like we don't want anything to do with these people and we do turn really insular and instead witches are like deciding to you know use technology in service of some like greater goal um and that is just you know not kosher as far as you know earth-based humans are concerned i also love the Image of the witch in space, like not having a planet of their own. I know that doesn't quite fit with the story. Stateless peoples, stateless peoples, but um, also how ritual and how their connection to the elements would change. Because Amanda and I were talking about the elements don't exist in space. You don't have Earth. Fire is a bad thing to have in space. Like Uh, it is a vacuum, right? Like it's it's defined by lack of air. uh, And then of course there's not really water except and water is a hugely like problematic substance to synthesize or you know to draw out of of its you know disparate parts so what are the elements of space witches yeah like Like what is important (laughs) carbon yeah exactly the uh future future space witches would have such different um Rituals and such different uh, focuses than our uh, yeah. Earth or Mars witches, which I find super, super cool. Yeah, exactly. Cave witches on like in early Earth times, mm-hmm. what did they have around them, right? They had rock, they had fire, they'd leave, they had water, they had sky, whatever, they had dirt. Um, and future space witches will be a very, very different thing. I also love that, like, in just uh, like conversation our Social group will call each other like witches for fun. Like, we'll say, Oh, you know, any financial witches, do you have like advice about checking accounts? Yeah, we will see witches, you know, like yeah, yeah, like fitness witches who has uh, you know, recommendations on like uh, gym classes to take. And I love this idea that there are like chemistry and astronomy witches in the future, yeah. and like um, you know, witches about water synthesis and all these kinds of things, and like um, you know, rehydrating old seed witches. Uh, to be able to, you know, terraform, terraform, which is so good.
0: Yeah, one of the things that Miriam said about Mars is that um, probably the best place to be, like if you're gonna make a colony, is actually underground, just to like dig dig a cave Mm -hmm. and like go in, because that's A, if there's gonna be water on Mars, you'll find it if you dig, not like on the surface. Mm -hmm. And also Mm -hmm. apparently it's just easier to like maintain your atmosphere and to like do all these other things. Like temperature control, Right. right. Yeah, and so she was sort of saying like, if there was a space switch colony on Mars, it'd probably be underground, which I think is mm-hmm. interesting um, because the there's this line that the doctor says about the witches where he's like, um, oh, they call out for the nations and a state from which we hear they're suffering. They call out from craters. Um, yeah. And so I guess they're like living in these craters. And then they, I don't know what it means that they wince at metallic. Strange,
1: dark, and splendid. Yeah.
0: Maybe they don't have metal up there because it's like, Not good to have met. I don't know metal. Um, Maybe they they
1: cringe when the sun shines on a metallic surface Mm -hmm. because they've adjusted to lower levels of
0: light. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, when when she was like, "Oh, it's better to be underground," I was like, "Ah, craters." (laughs) (laughs) Um, The AI knew. Yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing how much you can make something nonsensical make sense if you're like I will just just pick and choose facts. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was saying to Julia like I like I majored in English in college, and so I spent all of my time just like extracting meaning from like inscrutable early English poems and stuff. And I'm sitting here like, oh no, maybe this crap, maybe my my like discipline isn't true because I can make anything means something to me, even, uh, you know, AI script that that at first glance doesn't seem to have any kind of coherence to it. Well, that's always my argument with history is you can argue any side in history, because there's always going to be some sort of flawed document to support your fact. Exactly. And like, you can construe any object, or kind of explain any like inexplicable human phenomenon in myth. That's something we discuss Mm -hmm. a lot is like, kind of why did this myth come about? Why has it been preserved and told from generation to generation? And often it's because it explains the inexplicable, Mm. like, you know, missing children or, you know, um, harvests that have gone to, you know, to fall and things like that.
0: Yeah, it also made me think when I was talking to Damien about this, and he was like, he brought this up, he said, you know, it would be really interesting if this was this actual text was a myth from the future about today. Like a, like, you know, like a history thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, a parable about like, Oh, like why don't we go to Mars anymore? It's like oh, well there were these witches, and like you know, Elon Musk decided he wanted to blow up SpaceX <laughs> or whatever. Um, and uh, and I just the like, key brought that like very meta version of this up, which is like yes. maybe this is a, a version of our current history where we or like the way that our future selves remember something because it does kind of have a lot of the like lyrical elements of like a just so story kind of of like yes. sort hmm. of hard to understand and like when you translate latin myths you're like what are you really talking about and you kind of like guess and it sort of feels like that in some ways
1: it does or maybe mars is full of terrors and we shouldn't go there (laughs) and maybe like other species in the universe are like out for out to get us maybe we shouldn't be you know totally accepting to all these strangers who land and say that they'll give us delicious dinners like many days away from this earth you know well it's it's sort of like uh the early explorers uh, they would just have that map, and it mm-hmm. would be the land, but it also show you all the scary creatures that you could run there'd into. Be dragons, yeah, here, there'd be dragons, exactly. And what See better serpents. form? What better form to take for like the metaphor for all that is scary and unknowable and seductive
0: than no an a woman. witch? Space witch, a space witch. Space witch. (laughs) I want to be a space witch when I grow up. I think. I know. We all. We all. (laughs) That's (laughs) my aesthetic.
1: That's That's my aesthetic. That's That's my. uh, That's my Halloween costume this year. Space witch.
0: You go, space (laughs) witch. Um. uh, the other, the other version that Miriam came up with, which I thought was really interesting, is that these are people who, the witches are people who were sent to Mars by Mars One on a one-way trip, and they got there, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, no, 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 I don't, this is not good, and they figured out how to come back, but, like, the radiation kind of, like, messed with them a little bit, and Mars One is, like, trying to track them all down and, like, kill them all because they don't want anyone to know yeah. that they've come back, and I was like, oh.
1: I like that. That's, That's a good cool cool too. I, I had that idea too. Like, um, you know, have they sort of, like, maybe, okay, there's some kind of nuclear holocaust on Earth, or maybe there's a sun flare and there's like a radiation event and humans are infertile. Maybe the witches, like, over on Mars, realize this, like cultivate a bunch of embryos and come back. Like, okay, like we're ready people. Like we saved you. You're welcome. And then the rest of the humans are sitting there like, mm, I don't know if I want to accept it. Maybe there's pride. Maybe there's, you know, danger. Maybe you'd come to accept the new normal and don't want to go back to the, you know, animalistic humans of old. Sketchy witches be sketchy. I know.
0: I, I have heard you should never accept a baby from a witch.
1: Yeah. That's, that's probably a... not the best situation. Yes. They're usually, take, they're usually taking them Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Best case scenario, it's like a bunch of rocks, and you wake up the <laughs> next morning like shit. Worst case scenario, it's someone else's baby is your family when it's a babies. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. demon
0: babies are the worst case scenario. <laughs> demon yeah. space babies. Um. I
1: think best case scenario is it's someone else's baby, and like you can reunite the family and yeah. it's fine. Or like you just have a baby and there's something wrong with it. Just not your baby. Yeah, but at least the problems end if it's like. A pile, of rocks. pile of rocks otherwise like maybe the kid later murders your family because it realizes that like it wasn't your real mom like there's endless potential for like dramatic turns or maybe it has Game superpowers
0: stars. that like don't come maybe out until like 18 or something and you just like you have no idea like the x-men exactly yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah. um so was, uh, those were all the things I wanted to, like, specifically dig into that are on my list. But, you, like, is there anything else that you guys thought of when you were reading this that you, like, wanted to bring up or uh, other stuff you wanted to talk about? Oh, we, We're going through Amanda's notes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Was there more on the rapture you wanted to talk about? No, I think we covered that pretty well. He's always
0: a trick question. <laughs> there is this book. I don't know if you're familiar with this book called Canticle for Leibowitz. Um, it's this like old sci-fi book from like the '60s. I want to say it was like '59, '60 um and it's like one of the most depressing books ever because basically the premise is that like humanity goes through this cycle and like we you know we go through like the you know dark ages and whatever whatever and then we basically like just come back around and there's no end to it so like you know this idea like because this feels very sort of like um crucible-esque to me in some ways of like that kind of like we're doing the witch thing we're like doing the like you know fire brimstone etc um and so in some ways it feels like we've regressed, but in, in this book it basically argues that like we are all just kind of constantly on this cycle and like it's all horrible and there's no point in like trying at all. It's kind of like the Yeah. Yes. Mythology,
1: like... yeah. 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 mythology is, like, is the same thing. When like Reddit men are like, My favorite books are Chemical for Evil Slaughterhouse Five and yeah. Catching the the Ride. If you want to set my T shirt.
0: Who like, hurt you
1: as a child? Yeah. my yeah. movie like, I don't want to date also, like, you, man. You like, that's definitely not definitely haven't club any <laughs> books since high school.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, yeah. I'm glad you read things that you were required to read in seventh grade and nothing else. <laughs> exactly. Great. But it is really
1: interesting that the script uh, chose to include the, like, paragons of human civilization as we know it. Like, the doctor, right? Like, the expert the of feeling. The narrator. The, like... Keeper of, you know, human stories and kind of like arbiter who gets to speak when and, and the pastor. pastor. Right. Like the teller of bigger truths and the kind of like shepherd of people's souls. Um, and then the witch being like this, you know, total like metaphor for everything that is different and scary and errant and, you know, weirdly powerful And outside the bounds of, you know, human civilization, like those four characters, I love that the AI chose to include in this script. It feels very uh, archetypal, Mm -hmm. the right pronunciation. Cool. Exactly. Um, And it feels kind of, I mean, if if you just handed this to me, I'm like, is this an old Twilight Zone episode that I haven't seen or something like that? Yeah. It reminds me actually of the one Twilight Zone episode where the guy gets stranded on a uh, planet and he finds a woman. And it's basically just the story of Adam and Eve, but told in the future with spaceships and aliens. Awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love that episode. I read it. (laughs) Um, it's funny there is a there's a movie I don't know if you there's like this short film that was made um, by some guys using a similar method it's like an AI written Mm. short film and it's sci-fi and one of the big corpuses that they fed it actually was all of the scripts from Twilight Zone Um, of course and it actually it's, it's like nine minutes long I totally recommend it it's extremely weird and they like shot it like a real movie, but like the, the dialogue makes no sense. It's just like <laughs> like you're just like I have no idea what's happening and like it's but it's delightful. Um and they named the yeah, PBS idea Challenge. channel just did
1: that too where they yeah. have like a ten minute script by AI. Yeah,
0: yeah so Mike is actually awesome. gonna be on this episode um because he's he helped yeah. me make do use do the like neural network thing and I talked to him about it a little bit. So he opens up the this episode. Um yeah,
1: yeah I think I tweeted at you once but yeah he's a he's a friend of mine and yeah. so when I started listening to the show I was like you like you will love this. He's like I was on that show. I was he like was, oh,
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he mentioned I was on um, ID Channel about talking about cyborgs recently, and I think he mentioned that like he mentioned he knew you, um, and he's like, "Oh, do you know this podcast?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> uh, oh my god,
1: my social circle is like elevating every day. <laughs> like, yeah, I know Rosa Flashflower. Yeah, we we played the um, we played the five degrees of Amanda McLaughlin because she yes. just is yes. at yes. least two degrees yes. from everyone famous. Uh, You're like yeah. three degrees from. President Obama right now or something like that. I'm actually one degree away because okay. I worked for Hank who met Obama Whatever. and like went to go. like one of the like YouTubers in the White House thing. Anyway, it's funny how like the weird shit I did on the internet when I was 15 is turning into like cool yeah. artistic and professional stuff when I'm 25. Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, Laura Olin, who was on the show and she like tweeted for Obama. Um, she said that too. She was like, I was just fucking around on Tumblr. And then people were like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you have a skill yeah she's like i guess um which is really funny um awesome so thank you so much for this i will let you two go record you're recording an episode now yeah doing yeah. some mini episodes <gasps> I what think. are they about
1: um well so we do mini episodes for patreon so it's mm. usually just like dumb shit we found that's mythology reviews yeah, yeah, yeah um but amanda uh, to get us kind of pumped for this amanda has a book of spells and i was just like dramatically reading some of them she's like we should do that for many episodes yeah. uh, here i'll yeah. get one, Hold yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i want to hear one let's not knock over the beer please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> okay all right A asian healing spell Spread sweet butter on sweet bread. There can't be any salt in either the bread or the butter. The jinn will refuse the offering. And then, like salt. Talk to the bread. Murmur over it. Tell it all your troubles and physical concerns. Place the bread on the roof of the house, announcing aloud, God, I complain of my illness to this bread. You are. You are leave narrating it. it leave you. it exposed overnight so that the spirits can partake in its essence. They it digest slowly. In the morning, dispose of it by either holding a funeral for the bread, buried in the earth, complete with funeral rites. Alternatively,
0: give it to a dog to eat. That seems easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I, I don't know. Rights. I Like, if, if I feed that to my dog, is the dog going to get sick? If there were, like, spirits all up in it? Like, is that safe? Exactly. It's full of your troubles. Yeah. Why would you give well, it to your dog? The gin
1: ate the troubles.
0: Well, well, what if they the didn't, route. though?
1: Well, like, how do you know? What if the gin were on vacation? I think the dogs are probably pretty steadfast when it comes to devouring troubles.
0: They'll eat anything. That's true. Yeah, I'm super Especially into bread like, with butter on it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, i into
1: that. Yeah. I'm super into like homemaking myths. I did my senior thesis on like homesteading and homemaking and like kind of modern, like American lore of like off the gridness Um And like the kind of talking to the bees, like telling bees your troubles and like having a master of the bees, like Margaret Atwood writes in it in, um, in Orcs and Crake and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's really, when I read that, when I listened to that spell, I was like, Oh my God, it's like the making of the bread. Like it's the same thing.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you could send me the file um, in whatever ways the easiest for you, uh, like like whether that's like Google or Dropbox or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, And this episode goes up on Monday. So I will send it (laughs) to you when it's up.
1: Oh! I was like, I was like, Amanda, how like this is the finale, so like it's a couple episodes from now, and she's like, I think she's pretty recent about stuff, and yeah. I was like, okay, I was like, oh Monday, great, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm stoked
0: yeah. about it.
1: Thank you,
0: thank you, Rose. Uh, oh no, did I lose you? Are you there? Hello? maybe no. oh, no, okay, out of sync. Okay, okay, we're out right. of sync. I'll right. send you the file. Yes, good. Okay. Hand signals. Excellent. Good night. Bye. 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 <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening, and thank you so much for being patrons. See you soon.